Hello, hello. My name is Jennifer Kenny Smith. I'm the Area Sales Manager for Civilian Sales at GitLab, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce my friend, powerful thought leader, digital transformationist, Vid Desai, who is newly recognized as the CIO at FDA. And Vid was one of my first members in the podcast with ATARC over a year ago. Good afternoon. Good morning, Vid. How are you? Well, good afternoon. Good morning to you as well. Uh, I'm uh, doing well, and uh, it's good uh, talking to you again. Yeah, so we have seen some radical shifts in the last year, well, two years really, um, and at the the helm of it, HHS, FDA, um, pandemic, vaccines, COVID, all the things, and technology as well. And you lead the charge there. Uh, the last time we spoke, I remember asking you at the close of our podcast, um, what happens if you don't transform fast enough, if you don't shift? And you said a thousand people were dying a day without the vaccine. And I have used that quote over and over again to push and impress upon leaders of transformation that there is major digital transformation requirements and you can't always just wait and watch for someone else to do it. And you've done it and you're doing it. So bravo, my friend. I'm so impressed with you and your leadership and what you've accomplished. Can we just jump in and go over what's happened in the last year in your world? Absolutely. Um, a lot has happened. Um, so obviously we've been progressing our uh, mission uh, goals uh, through the technology modernization action plan, the data modernization action plan. And one of the things we have found as we've been progressing this, uh, this transformation on the technology side is that you cannot transform technology without transforming people. And I think I spoke a little bit about that in the past. So, so changes in culture and, and stuff like that were, were very prominent in our thinking, but we've added another angle to our transformation as well, which is you also had to transform um, business processes. Um, and, and, and I think over the last year, we've spent a lot of time thinking about and, and moving towards how do we also in parallel to modernization, um, modernizable business processes. Because what we found and, and uh, uh, is in the past, you know, technology modernization uh, essentially meant, you know, replacing old boxes with new boxes. And when you do that, um, you know, the IT people think we're modernized, you know, we're using new, new, new tech and, you know, we're, we've got these shiny new boxes, but the process is still the same old process. And so the business folks don't, don't see the value in this uh, or they don't see what's changed. Um, and so um, uh, what we've started doing at the FDA is thinking about how do we also uh, uh, modernize the business process? In fact, you wanna modernize that business process first before you put the, the, the shiny new technology behind it. Um, and that's a, a shift in culture and thinking that, that we have really started adopting at, a, at the executive level. Uh, we formed this new um, uh, enterprise transformation operation team, uh, which is leading the charge at looking at our key enterprise processes and optimizing them first. Uh, and then we're, we're supporting the, those, those uh, changes through technology. So one area that, that we've been doing a lot of work on, and, and this is uh, an area that was affected by the pandemic, is uh, our inspections area. Obviously, we couldn't send our, our inspectors out in the field uh, during the pandemic uh, for their own uh, health and safety. Um, but, and we depend on, on these inspections for a lot of our safety monitoring uh, and surveillance work. And so there's a bit of a backlog uh, uh, that's built up. So 
now what we're doing is we're looking at those processes and seeing how can we make them pandemic proof going forward using technology uh, so that uh, in a future pandemic we're not uh, having to stop um, uh, or pause those 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 types of very important um, inspections um, but before we do that we what we want to do is we want to take a holistic view at inspections uh, end to end optimize the entire thing um, and then apply technology so we're we're completely uh, taking a modern approach to inspections going forward it's a huge piece of work that we're embarking on uh, and I'm excited about uh, uh, the enterprise transformation operation team uh, doing the, the business process optimization and then the technology, the data team supporting them in the new optimized way of, of doing inspections. Super cool example. How do you prioritize out of all the um, verticals, if you will, for example, you had said, um, you know, safety modernization was for the inspections was one area out of all the different areas with this new group. How are you prioritizing which is the most important and rolling that out? Over, over mission essentially um, uh, helps us uh, make those determinations. Okay. So, you know, we're in the business of safety and efficacy. Um, uh, that's what we do uh, at the FDA. Our mission is to make sure that uh, 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 the products that people purchase uh, that, that add up to 20 cents for every dollar that Americans spend, which is a huge portfolio. Uh, uh, so all those products are safe and effective. Um, and inspections is a very big part of that. So, so uh, if you want to have safe products, we need effective inspections. We need, and, and the more inspections we do, the safer our products can be. Um, you know, we're again. I want you to imagine twenty cents of every dollar and the breadth of products we 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 regulate. Um, you know, foods, drugs, cosmetics, uh, veterinary products. Um, it's 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 a huge portfolio, and um, you know we have eighteen thousand employees uh, total. So to scale. Um, uh, the effectiveness of those 18,000 employees to, to oversee the, 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 the safety of, of that volume of products uh, requires us to make very smart and effective use of technology. Um, and inspections is, is, um, is one place that we feel that if we can optimize that process and make inspections more effective, it goes to the core for our mission uh, on the safety side. Uh, so that's part of the thinking at the executive level that's prioritized that, that, that area. Congress obviously has uh, has a, also has a, had a lot of interest um, in the the inspections processes and making them more effective, um, and they've been very eager for us to resume our inspections processes uh, um, as the pandemic started easing off. So uh, there's there's political focus there, um, but there's also the mission focus there that helps us prioritize that that activity. It sounds like a pretty big undertaking that program specifically. There's other agencies that I speak to that have large mission goals like that. How are you able to, or what methodology is your team using to kind of chunk that down to allow the milestones that are attainable to, in regards to what period and length of time are you looking to achieve this transformation of the safety inspection? So um, our inspections program um, and the technologies and the data around that has been built up over many, many decades. Um, so, so uh, our past way of working um, had been very siloed. So what we have ended up with, with our legacy environment is this very siloed and fragmented environment. Going forward, what we're doing is we're taking an enterprise view. So, so we're taking a much more holistic view to, to um, the entire inspections process. So instead of thinking about you know, this is what Cedar does and how Cedar does uh, uh, its inspections. This is how Seabird does it or, or uh, uh, 
uh, how uh, CDRH might do it, do things differently. We're now looking at all those centers and and basically taking a holistic enterprise view of of the entire inspections process. We have upwards of about 320 different types of inspections that we perform uh, of the various products. Um, and so what we're starting to do is we're, we pick just a couple to try out a singular approach with a singular technology um, to make sure that everybody is comfortable with how this is going to work. Um, and once we prove that case, um, uh, uh, we will then be using the same enterprise approach to redo all the rest of the 320, 330 um, types of inspections that we have. So for the first time, I, and I think this is this is a little bit unprecedented uh, in FDA history, um, we are taking an enterprise approach to solving the inspections um, uh, process instead of a siloed fragmented process. Um, and I think what we're going to end up with is a is a much more capable um, and, and, and frankly, a much simpler environment to manage. Uh, in the past, I've talked a little bit about our, our cost profile from an IT perspective. We spend um, our legacy environment, uh, because it's so difficult to manage and it's so fragmented, eats up pretty much our entire IT budget. We want to shift that to, uh, to uh, an approach where uh, keeping the lights running, the O&M side is only 70% of that cost. Uh, that leaves us 30% to grow and transform. As we rebuild this inspections program, we are keeping that very much in our mind. We want to make sure that the new environment that we build uh, uh, fits that profile where it can be maintained with 70% of, of, of the budgets that we have allocated for that, and that we still retain 30% of our, our, our budget to transform and grow that process, because we know these processes change and evolve over time. Um, and so that's a sustainable um, budget profile for, for, for uh, processes like that. So uh, that's what's built into our new approach of, of how we're redoing our inspections work. It's a sustainable okay. activity going forward. Not only are we going to fix it um, with, with, with a new modern approach, we want to make sure that it's sustainable over the long run. Okay. Is there a sweet spot too between retiring some of the legacy that is so expensive and um... I call it like congested. It's just not, it's difficult. It's not easy to use um, or it's outdated um, to the new, the 30% that you'll feel, see this like a, a shift between getting rid of some of the over overhead of that cost model into the newer tech. I think new tech is always better, faster, cheaper, right? Do you see a, spot, a, cha a timing or an idea of when that will, that delta will shift? It's, it's going to happen reasonably fast. Um, we're trying to speed that up as, as quickly as we can. Obviously, from a, from a technology perspective, uh, I think technology is actually the easier part. Uh, uh, putting in new technology, um, um, building the new processes is actually fairly um, uh, quick and easy to do. Implementing that business change um, uh, uh, at the process level is, is the hard part. And obviously, these are our operational processes. You know, they can't be stopped while we put the new in. You know, they, we, we've got to figure out a way where, where you know, I, I mentioned we had about 320 different variations of, of inspections. We can't just flip the switch in, uh, in, in, in one fell swoop. We've got to basically um, uh, replace these uh, uh, on an on a, on a, uh, inspection type by inspection type. Um, and so we've got to maintain the old systems running in parallel with the new systems that we're building. Um, and that, you know, uh, in the short term, uh, makes things more complicated and frankly also makes things a little bit more expensive for us. 
Um, and those are some of the things that we, 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 we have to manage. Obviously, we have some constraints on the, on the budget side. We have some constraints on the rate at which uh, the business can absorb the change. Uh, people can absorb the change. So, so this is a very complex and very large change program that we're driving. Um, and so, so we're going to have to take a bit of a thoughtful process. But I think, you know, I, I mentioned our legacy environment got built over, over many decades. I think we'll be replacing that in a matter of, of, of several years. Um, but we want to do that in a, in a thoughtful manner. And again, we have excellent support from our executive team to do this in a, in a, in a manner, you know, we'll, we'll speed up where we can, we'll slow down when, when, when we see issues. So we're going to have to be measuring uh, and metering this, this, this very, very carefully. Very mindful approach as well. Uh, so I have a CIO I interviewed, uh, not formally on the podcast yet, but we were prepping for it. And he mentioned that in his age, he's new to, new to this agency this last two years. <clears throat> and he was finding that anytime he was encouraging his team to move more aggressively, the culture to shift, the business practices to change, adopting more technology, right? So pretty, pretty progressive, a little disruptive. And the pushback he's getting from the culture is, well, it's, it, we don't do it that way. Uh, it's not in the handbook. It, we, it, we need more approval steps. And as he started on unpacking all of these objections, it's not actually in the handbook and it doesn't need to be that process because it's, it's outdated processes. Um, so he's actually taking the word waterfall out of the, his documents altogether because he doesn't want people to say and be held back. And I feel like you've probably seen this in regards to a year or a year or two ago, very tech forward. And then you've seen that the culture has to actually shift and we, you can't drag culture to shift. You have to encourage them and, and, and support them, right? So is this resonating? Do you, and have you figured out the way to lead and message to the culture how to gracefully get on board with the mission and the timing that is now? Absolutely. You know, one of the things um, that I have found um, to be a very pleasant surprise is I'm still relatively new to the federal government, um, uh, two and a half years into, into the job now um, uh, from the private sector. And when I first started, um, I think I heard a lot about, well, it's hard to drive change in government and that'll never happen and all the usual um, uh, uh, things. What I have found actually that's, that's been a pleasant surprise is I think the federal government is, and certainly maybe the FDA is unique, I don't know, but, but, but I think there's a lot of willingness to change. And, and, and um, uh, whilst there still is, you know, some pockets of resistance and, you know, there's always going to be some, some difficulty as you, as you drive change, um, our executive team is very bought into this. Uh, you know, we have a very seasoned, very uh, uh, qualified uh, executive team. And, and um, as we've discussed uh, uh, what needs to be done and how it needs to be done, there's very strong support. And what I have found, and, and, and this is a lesson I learned uh, in the private industry, if you're gonna drive a change program, you better get your executive team lined up and, and aligned to that change. We're very fortunate in the FDA to have that very thoughtful, uh, forward-thinking uh, leadership team, and they're all aligned, they're all supportive of this activity. That makes the, uh, driving that change a little bit easier. And in fact, one of the things I would say is, you know, when I heard all the, all the um, uh, stories about how difficult it is to drive, drive change in, in the federal government, I had kind of recalculated my timeline thinking this is gonna take longer than, than, than 
Um, what I'm actually finding is we're 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 moving faster than 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 um, uh, what the, the the padding that I had assumed would happen because it would take so long to change. Um, I I think there's another lesson here as well. You know, too often in IT, particularly in IT, we drive to we 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 try to drive change um, way earlier than the business is ready to adopt that change. And when you do that, there's a lot of frustration. Uh, you know, the business is not ready. IT is very excited about this new technology and what it can do. We try to push that. And if the timing, the timing is not right, you end up wasting a lot of energy. Um, I think what, we, what, what, what I have found and what we have found at the FDA is the agency is ready for change. Um, and and so, so I think many of the programs that we're, we're, we're pushing for now, um, people are very receptive to them. Um, and I think the pandemic has helped, I think, drive the urgency for that change. I think we've seen many of the challenges that we faced as, you know, using some of the, the legacy applications, the fragmented environment that we have. Um, and we've seen the, the impact uh, or, and the op opportunity that, that we have um, in a future um, pandemic that, you know, if we had different approaches, modernized approaches, we can do so much better. Um, and so I think all of those things have sort of come together to really um, um, uh, uh, make our, our agency hungry for change. Uh, so I think, you know, yes, there's always gonna be some pockets for, for, of, of resistance and, 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 and pushback, but I think the, the, the vast majority of the agency is ready to embrace change. Refreshing. Uh, and I think that you can lead that charge for the listeners and the leaders to know that that can be an old school philosophy of the government. If they're ready and there is the missions and the, the work is imperative and the time is now that after the pandemic, I think everyone's ready to make an impact and yeah. to, to lean in and, and do more. And it as well, right? So, so I think one of the things that's, that's very important is you have to um, and I think this is this is something we don't do as well on the technology side is oftentimes we push technology um, and the cool features and, and capabilities that our technology might have. What we don't do as well is push the business benefits that the technology can deliver. So I think I think when you focus on that benefit side, the business benefit side, I think people are much more receptive to that. If you're just pushing technology for the sake of technology, I think that's where, 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 where people are less enthusiastic about, about the technology-driven change. Yeah, so maybe we'll shift into pull that thread, business benefits and outcomes. How, how are you, and honestly, this, this um, mindset comes from leadership. So this is your executive team and your, your staff following your vision right? The, the difference is that you are an incredible leader. You have the vision and the capability and competency to roll these strategies out. Um, so with the focus on the benefits and the outcomes, how are you measuring success and, and advocating what the benefits are to such a large business unit? So I think um, most, you know, when I joined the agency, certainly from an IT perspective, there was a lot of frustration uh, within the IT teams. Um, because again, I think you know they had several experiences. Either they were trying to push something that wasn't well received at the business side. Um, uh, uh, they were trying to do a lot of things where um, uh, they felt that the funding wasn't wasn't made made available. So there were there were multitudes of 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 uh, perceptions uh, that that uh, uh, people struggled with. Um, 
one of the things that 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 I've focused on, and I think this has really helped change the IT mindset, is, you know, if we, you know, the one of the the biggest benefit that we can sell is we're going to have to sell business benefit um, as opposed to the technology capabilities. And if we speak in those uh, in, in 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 that language, I think we're 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 going to get better uh, 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 reception. I think the other part that that I've been um, uh, stressing a lot is we've got to get our financials right. We've got to get out of this 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 nightmare situation that we had ourselves, where where you know basically just keeping the lights running eats our budget up, with 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 little left for transformational growth, and so. Putting a strategy that that changes that 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 mix and gets us to that 70 30 percent mix that I that I that I spoke about, I think I think the IT folks understand that they 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 see the importance of getting to that sustainable model. Otherwise, we're always going to be short of money. We're always going to be frustrated that we don't have the dollars to to maintain the existing environment, let alone meet the the, the growing needs of the transformation needs of the business had. And I think when, when when you're in that situation, you know your 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 engagement is low, the culture is low, and, and people feel frustrated. So 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 I think what we what we have done is show the IT team a more sustainable way where we don't have to be frustrated by budgets all the time. We don't have to be frustrated by 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 a lack of resources. Let's get ourselves into into this mode where where. You know we're on that 70 30 percent target and then we can have rational business discussions with the business folks that say listen you know if we're going to put in this new system some of these old systems have to go away because if we don't do that we're going to get ourselves back into that unsustainable budget situation where where, where we're going to frustrate you by you know by asking you for more money all the time um, and you're going to be frustrated by having lots of you know legacy systems and stuff around so I think I think having some of those 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 dialogues and, and showing the financial details behind behind that situation and what gets us in that situation and what types of actions gets us out of those situ that situation really helps. That's what the IT folks are bonding to, um, and I think that's what's what's helping them drive the change that they're driving. And on the business side, I think the the business folks also understand that that side. They don't want the the IT guys coming to them all the time, looking for more funds, more budgets, uh, uh, and basically saying, "Well, you know, we're we're going to need another ten percent increase just to keep the lights running." Let alone, and oh by the way, those those new business needs that you have, we can't meet them because you know that's going to take another twenty percent of your budget. Um, everybody's resource constraint, um, and 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 we all have to make. Um, a trade-off uh, uh, um, uh, decisions, um, and just asking for more all the time is 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 never a good 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 story. So we've come up with a with a way where temporarily we may need some additional funds to make the changes that we need to make, but long term we've actually shown them a a, a a a scenario where we don't have to get into this 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 discussions where you know IT budgets have to grow 20, 30 percent every year. You take a really nice approach with the business side of it. Um, can you remind if folks who weren't listening last year your background? Because I feel like your approach is very CEO centric. You look at all the different metrics in the business as as it your your tech and team and mission as a whole enterprise business, not just as we're in charge of only the technology. Can you kind of just share a little bit about your background and what brought you to this thought leadership? Sure. Um, so my career, um, I've been in the IT business for just over about 30, 32, 33 years now. I spent my first decade uh, in large pharmaceuticals. 
um, I spent the second decade um, in clinical research organizations, um, uh, CROs, and um, my last decade uh, was with medical device manufacturing. Um, and uh, um, after that, I joined the FDA in the, on, the, on the government side. I've always been on the other side of the, of the FDA. So I think I got a pretty good perspective from different areas of healthcare. Um, and then now I get to see life from the regulatory side, um, uh, on the other side of the fence, as they, as they say. Um, I think the, the, the part that, that's influenced the majority of my thinking in terms of how I approach uh, uh, IT optimization comes from my last decade in the medical device manufacturing side. I worked primarily for private equity firms, which are very um, involved in buying and selling companies, uh, putting a, a couple of companies together, optimizing them and, and, and selling them off. So I think I think I got very good at optimizing things and, and um, you're very financially driven um, uh, in private equity. Um, um, so I think uh, that influenced a lot of my thinking around uh, budgets and managing um, uh, costs and stuff like that. And, and in private equity, frankly, uh, you're not going to get dollars unless you can show uh, a really good business case that, that, that makes sense to some very shrewd managers. Um, so I think that's, that's, uh, that's the discipline that, 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 that has helped me understand IT from a business perspective as opposed to a business and a financial perspective as opposed to just a technology and capabilities and you know, cool features perspective. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a bit of a cliche, but, but I think it's, it's a, it's, it's an important thing. You have to manage IT as a business. Um, and in government, you know, even though we don't have going get into profits and losses, I think there is that return on investment. Um, you know, when you, you know, if we're going to put a million dollars, into something, there should be at least hard or soft, or at least some kind of a return that that's about three times that multiple, um, that, that you get back in benefits. Um, and um, uh, if you can, you know, if, if, if we cannot articulate that kind of a business case, then we should question ourselves whether that is a good investment or not. Um, there's got to be benefits for everything you put a dollar into. Yeah, I, so your lens is very special. It's the hat of the business and the optimization. I think if everyone that's listening can understand and appreciate that. Uh, GFA had shared with us from the TMF group, I believe out of all of the money budgeted and spent for IT, that only 13% of the projects are successful. It's a very low number of success. And there's a lot of reasons behind why. Um, I imagine how you're measuring your success from this business and financial lens, you probably have a much higher rate of success. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, think, I think the results are yet to to, to prove themselves, but I think if you know when I start shifting um, from the ninety five percent O and M to um, to something that's seventy percent O and M, I think that'll that'll that, that'll be meaningful. Uh, I think in the last year we have started to see that shift happen. Um, we have started to reduce our O and M. Right now it's 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 very small, um, but as we as we start transforming some of the big areas, inspections was one we talked about earlier. Um, there's, there's over 80, 90 different applications and systems involved in that. So over the next uh, two to five years, as we transform and modernize that, that environment, that will very significantly start reducing over O&M um, uh, uh, for a very important and very large complex area. Um, and you know, when we start doing that on the supply chain side, on the regulatory review side, um, 
I, I, I think that shift will happen and we will be able to measure that in, in that financial shift from that you know, 95%, less than 5% of O&M DME to 70-30. That's, that's how I'm measuring that. Um, and we're tracking that very, very closely. And uh, every investment um, uh, uh, request that I get, one of my first questions is, how much O&M is this gonna reduce in the long term? You know, if we're gonna put in, it's gotta take something off. Uh, and I think I think we have to be very disciplined um, in that in that approach. Otherwise, if, if we just keep adding um, layers and layers of O and M uh, without taking um, uh, any of it away, um, you get yourself in an unsustainable um, environment. And I think there's a lot of federal agencies that find themselves there. So, uh, and I, you know, that you you mentioned the TMF. It's it's a really good program. It's something that we're actually uh, uh, working uh, uh, through over. HHS partners uh, uh, to also uh, uh, make some proposals there. But I, I, I love the idea uh, behind the TMF in that it's sort of positioned as a bit of a loan. You know, it, it, they're not just giving you money so that you can spend it in the traditional way IT likes to spend money. It's, 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 uh, there is a payback period that, that's, that's required. And I think that's the smart way of, of, of incentivizing um, the kinds of attitude changes I think we need to see in the federal government and in IT in particular. Yeah, I love their uh, mentorship that comes with it too, that you're not in it alone so they can then show and prove out that there is success criteria behind the, the, the funding. Uh, they want, and they're excited, they want to get their hands dirty with the, the new tech and the evolution of um, how, to, how to meet new mission, how to be successful. Uh, so that's a super cool team. I'm, I'm excited to hear that y'all are working with them too. Uh, is there anything that you learned in the last year or even the last two years um, with the pandemic from any project or program or something that shifted that you just kind of scratch your head and look back and think, I wish I knew this sooner uh, and to help share um, how you've evolved as a leader or your team has grown? I, um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is, is um, uh, not to give up, frankly. Uh, I, I think, you know, this is advice I would give to any new person coming into the federal government, I think you you get uh, there's a there's a very loud chatter or noise that you you get confronted with that you know government is different, it's slow, it's it it, it can't change, and, and you know all the usual stereotypical views of government, um, and I think that can be discouraging, and I think uh, that could um, um, scare a lot of people away. Um, I would say you know. Um, Hold tight. I mean, I think you know if you if you step up to to lead, uh, you can you can change that trend. I you know it, I, I I like I said you know my personal experience is um, the federal government is no different than uh, private industry when it comes to change. Private industry struggles with change as well, um, so it's not unique to the federal government. Um, uh, change is hard, regardless of where you you try to push that, um, and it's hard in the federal government as well. But it is possible. Um, you got to buckle down and 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 uh, uh, work with your executive leadership teams um, and and make it happen. Uh, so I think a, a lot of the stuff that 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 I was getting told that that would never happen or was was impossible to do is possible. I think that's 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 my first learning. The second part I think is is um, um, the federal government can be fairly you know can be just as agile as well. Um, you know we started forming this uh, enterprise transformation operation team um, uh, about a year ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, the general thought process in, in, in any uh, uh, 
in the government typically seems to be that you know it'll take about a year to get the reorg done or, or to form a team it'll take you years to get get any budgeting stuff done and it'll take years before you can drive any change from start to finish um, when we started you know when we first conceived the idea of this enterprise transformation operation team we've not only formed it we've staffed it now you know there's a lot of details and, and folks there but but you know we've had a tremendous um a, a, people loaned to us to kind of staff that office um, and 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 now that team within in less than a year has put put together this this uh, uh, transformation uh, 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 proposal for our inspections work uh, and um, our executive committee has uh, bought into that uh, all of that in less than a year from idea to to actually making it happen tackling one of the largest uh, uh, and probably one of the most complex areas that that uh, that, that that we work in in the FDA. So, um, so I uh, again, um, even I thought that it would take longer, um, and and I've been surprised. And I think that's partly because the FDA is ready for change. But I think I think uh, I see so many leaders in the federal government talk about change. I think the federal government is ready for change. Uh, I think there's a hunger for change, and we just got to tap into that. Um, and um, and make things happen. So uh, so yeah, don't take no for an answer, and um, uh, don't listen to all those naysayers. Um, I think uh, uh, I think it's 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 uh, uh, as an organization, I don't think the federal government is all that different from 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 uh, uh, large organizations uh, that are just as change resistant and have the same challenges when it comes to transformation. Yeah, great feedback, great advice. Any updates you want to share on the team map or D map? Sure. So um, uh, we're going to be doing a uh, uh, in the next month or two, um, or very shortly, I should say, we are going to be publishing an update uh, 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 talking about all the exciting things and progress we've made both on the uh, technology side as well as the data side. So we're very excited about uh, that coming out very shortly. Um, and we're also uh, going to be following up our uh, technology, the, the TMAP and the DMAP plans with a third plan, which I think uh, is equally important, and I sort of hinted at that uh, earlier, the Enterprise Modernization Action Plan. Um, uh, the, the, the whole um, idea and the thought process that we've put in through the, the Enterprise Transformation Operation Team, how to drive that business transformation and why it's so important to do that before you do the IT modernization. So, so, so we're excited to, to start putting some thought around that, that EMAP, as we're starting to call that. And that'll be sort of our third leg of our modernization tool. So the TMAP, the technology modernization, the DMAP, the data modernization, and the EMAP, which is the enterprise modernization, are the three legs of our transformation and modernization stool. I love that you are transparent about your um, approach, your blueprint, right? The map, the design that you all are using and that you share that, that content out. So impressive. Um, well, that's all the questions I had for you for today, but are there any last thoughts or wisdom that you'd like to share before we sign off? No, I uh, enjoy the conversation. Um, I hope uh, people get uh, um, uh, some uh, uh, useful bits of, of, of knowledge out of this, and uh, I enjoy your podcast, and I uh, look forward to hearing some more. Thank you so much, Ben. You're a tremendous leader. Thank you for all that you do for us. So, great, you. so great. Excellent.